Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And I do, as you're turning there, I do want to make reference to a card that you received on the way in today. If you would, hold on to that card. If you did not get this Easter invite card, you can do that on your way out. You can pick it up at guest services, but I'll be making reference to this uh, toward the end of the message today. We are in the final installment of a series called God and Company, God and Co., Embracing Purpose in Your Profession. Has this been a helpful series for us? I feel like God has spoken to us right where we live, where we serve, where we work. Uh, it's, it's been a great journey. Uh, five weeks ago, we, we kicked this off talking about take this job and love it. Uh, we said a job is what you're paid for, but a calling is what you're made for. Can I have a good amen? So we talked about understanding our work through the lens of why we were created. The second week, we talked about whistle while you work. Whistle while you work. We said work hard, work happy, because you're working with the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The third week, we talked about dressed for success, and and we we spoke of the value of excellence and doing what we do unto the Lord. We don't do it for our boss. We don't do it for a paycheck. But whatever we put our hand to, we put our heart in because God gave us his best. Can I have a good amen? amen? If God gave us his best, then he deserves our best. And then last week we heard from one of our young up-and-coming communicators, Terry Olivier. Don't you love that we got some young preachers in the house that can preach and teach? Didn't he do a great job? And he talked about sleeping on the job, Mm, the value and the need of rest. It's amazing. I caught Terry napping about three times this week in his office. I'm teasing well, today I want, to finish, I want to finish this series, and the title of the message, if you want to write this down, because we know that, that history makers are note takers, write this down somewhere. The title of the message today is, You Had One Job. You Had One Job. Have you ever seen on the internet pictures of job fails? Nod your head. Okay, maybe some memes or some videos that are out there. I thought it would be great to kind of take a little stroll through some job mishaps, okay? So if you check out the screen, this is going to kind of launch us into you had one job. Check out some of these these mishaps on the job. Put up that first one. I don't know if we have that first one. Yeah. How many know you don't want to be in that part of the building if a fire breaks out? And you need that hydrant because that rail is in your way. Come on. Unless you're Superman bending steel, you best get out the building. You had one job. Look at the next one. These are fun. These are great. (laughs) How many of you don't want your kid going down that slide? Man, some of you are curious and you're wondering, if I go down the slide, what's on the other end? Yeah, I don't know what they were digging there, but, man, you're going to, yeah, avoid that slide. If you, if you go to a park and you see that, you might want to stay off the slide. Look at the next pic. You had one job. <laughs> wow, wow. 
It's like they started on one end and then the opposite end, expecting to build this bridge together. And it, does this not describe life for some people? Life is what happens to you when you have something else planned. Can I have a good amen? And this, just so you know, this is not Louisiana. Um, I think this is Alabama. Okay, anyway, next picture, next picture. Everybody say, God bless Alabama. Got love for Alabama. We're praying for you. Uh, come on, gate. Gate, you <laughs> How many thinks that gate is a little underachieving right now? Yeah, okay. N- n- next photo. We got a couple more. These are great. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that is a little optional right there. If you want to stop or if you want to satop, it's... <laughs> okay, next picture. Next picture. These are great. How about this one? Now, some of you right now are looking at that pic saying, what's wrong with that? (laughs) And God's saying, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah, left turn. Okay, I think this, we got two more. (laughs) How many's ever felt like that? Do I or do I not? And then last but not least, (laughs) shh, cool. Man, I graduated from shh, cool. Can I have a good amen? Somebody say, you had one job. You know, we can all think of times that we've messed up at work. Uh, Maybe we've miscalculated or maybe we got distracted. How many of you, you get distracted? How many ADD do we have? ADD, ADHD, A to Z. Yes. You know, the the focus, the emphasis of today's message, in, in our work, we all have different assignments. But, but the challenge is don't miss the main thing. I want to talk to you about the job behind the job. Now, maybe you've, given, you've been given an assignment at your work, but I want you to dial into an even greater purpose than your job description. You know, we talked about this several weeks ago, but at your work, you're not simply called to make a living, but you're called to make a difference. Come on, can I have a good Amen. It's not just making a dollar, but it's making a difference. And God gives kingdom meaning to every assignment, whether you're the butcher, the baker, or the candlestick maker. It doesn't matter what you put your hand to. There is kingdom purpose to where you're working. In Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to read with me. There are two verses out of the book of Ephesians I want to show you. Ephesians 2 verse 10, the Bible says this. For we are God's workmanship. We are God's workmanship. I want you to see that God works. How many of you are thankful for the work of God? We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. So I want you to see this now. So God's working for the purpose of us to work. God works in us so there's a work that we can do Through him. We work because God works. The Bible says we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you know that before you were even born, God knew you? Before he created you, before he knit you together in your mother's belly, he had a divine design and a kingdom purpose for your life. The Bible says that we are God's workmanship. That word workmanship in the Greek is literally the word poema. It's the word that we get 
from poem. It's the English word poem. How does a poet express himself or herself? Through poetry. In other words, God is saying this. I have knit you together and put kingdom purpose inside of you, and now you are my expression in the earth today. Can I have a good amen? How is God expressing himself in the earth today? Through you and through me. I mean, think about it. You say, well, I can't see God. Well, I don't hear God. Sometimes I don't even feel God. But yet God is using you and me to be his expression in the earth today. How does the world see the power of God? Well, through us. And think about this. What is God's heartbeat for humanity? What's God's heartbeat for humanity? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's desire for mankind is that we would be saved. Think about this. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. You say, yeah, but Mike, Jesus isn't here. But guess what? You are. I am. And if we are God's poem, his expression, the heart and mind of God expressed in the earth today, and if it's his desire that men and women would be saved, then what do you think our assignment in the earth is? It's not just our vocation making dollars, but there's a kingdom purpose for us to make a difference. What's God's plan to reach your coworkers? Let me ask you this. What is God's plan? How many of you work in an environment where people are lost? I mean just straight up, bold face, lost. It's dark at your workplace. Okay, some of you are raising both hands. <laughs> You work in a tough environment. Okay. Well, my question is this. How does God want to reach your lost coworkers? You see where I'm going, huh? You see what, what, where this is headed. You say, but pastor, wait a second. Aren't you the preacher? Aren't you supposed to win the lost? Isn't that what we're paying you to do? Come on now. If I've heard this once, I've heard this a thousand times. Isn't that the pastor's job? Mike, what, 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 are you, what are we paying you to do? Guess what? I don't work in your environment. You have an advantage that I don't. Think about it. I want you to consider. God has you at that job for a reason, for a season, and for a soul. God has you there so that you can shine your light. You say, but Mike, you're the preacher. Aren't you supposed to win the lost? Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, verse 11. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's what we call the five-fold ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Those are the gifts that Jesus gave to the church. Now, those men and women, it's their responsibility to do what? To equip God's people to do his work. Okay, now who's doing the work here? Well, isn't it the apostle or prophet or evangelist? Or, no, no, no. It's their job to equip you to do the work of the ministry and build up the body of Christ. Do you see this? I think there needs to be a focus, a refocus, a shift in our philosophy of ministry. You have an advantage over me. The truth is this. I work in a very Christian environment. How many of you are thankful? 
Like, Pastor, if you work in a dark environment, then maybe we're going to the wrong church, okay? I work in a Christian bubble. Everybody I work with is saved. Everybody has the witness of Christ on the inside of them. And sometimes I feel like I'm at a disadvantage. You know, I set a goal this year in January. I want to personally win three people to Jesus Christ. And not standing on this platform, preaching the gospel and giving an altar appeal. I want to have personal relationship and do personal evangelism. But guess what? If I'm going to win somebody to Jesus, i got to get out there where the heathens are. Some of you wake up on Monday and, man, you are going to the mission field, right? I mean, it is full on. It is battle. Man, you, you have to equip your mind, your spirit. You know you're walking into a war zone, but you have an advantage over me. I don't have the personal connection with the lost folk that you have. But guess what? I can equip you on Sunday so you can use it on Monday to change somebody's Tuesday and for the rest of their life. Can I have a good amen? So we say you had one job. We're we're, we're talking about evangelism. You know, about five, six years ago, I was in Walmart, and I love Walmart. I love it. I'm on assignment when I'm at Walmart. I'm on a mission. And And I told this to Rachel. I said, baby, when I die, I want you to bury me in the Walmart parking lot because I know Rachel's going to come visit me every day. So I was in Walmart about five, six years ago, and I was going through the checkout line. And, and some of you, you, you do this too. You're very intentional. You're very strategic. And I see a lady behind the, the counter, and, and she had a little name badge, and so I called her by name, and I said, uh, hey, how are you doing today? And she said, I'm doing good. How about you? I said, blessed. Come on, that's kind of that, that, that Christian, okay, I'm, I'm dropping the bait. I'm, are you going to take what I'm dropping here? That's code language. Come on, some, talk to me. Cold, blessed. She says, wow, I'm highly favored. I said, well, I am blessed and highly favored and deeply loved, and I'm too anointed to be disappointed. (laughs) How many know we were having church right there? It was awesome. So I asked her, I said, well, well, where do you worship? And so she gave me the name of of the place that she worshiped, and she said, well, where do you go to church? I love it when people don't know me. I love that. I said, well, I go to healing place. She said, catch this. This is going to speak so well of you. This is what she said. I was going to say that you went to healing place. And I said, why? She said, because everybody I meet from HPC is always so happy. Isn't that awesome? Come on, give yourself a hand. That's you. I said, you know what? You're right. It's not Disney, but it's the happiest place on earth. She's checking me out. She says, you know, y'all recently got a new pastor. I said, yeah, I heard. (laughs) She said, what do you think about that, Pastor? (laughs) For real. I said, you know, some days I don't know what to think of him. (laughs) I said, what about you? You heard anything about that, Pastor? (laughs) She said, you know, I've never met him, but all I've heard is good things about him and that church. And then she looked at me. She said, wait, you are that pastor. (laughs) Come on, look. How many of you know God has put us on a mission? Can I have a good amen? 
Now, I want to give you some, some things that will help you, equip you, prepare you for this mission. I want you to write this down. Number one, focus on your mission and don't get hung up on yourself. This is going to help you at work tomorrow morning. Focus on your mission and don't trip over you. Don't get hung up on you. You see, I realize that sharing your faith can be super intimidating. I get it, all right? It is, some of you have, you've longed to do this, but you don't really know how or you feel ill-equipped to do it. I realize it's intimidating on the workplace to make a spiritual connection with somebody. And, and here are the things that I, I, I'm, I'm learning, I'm discovering. Some people say, well, I don't know enough of the Bible. Okay, Mike, you're the preacher, you're the expert, you know the Bible cover to cover. I don't have your knowledge, and so I don't feel equipped to open my mouth and share. I just don't have enough Bible knowledge. And then some people say, well, you know what, Pastor, my life isn't perfect. I mean, who am I to speak? I mean, I got my own issues, my own struggles. There's no way. I have no footing whatsoever to even begin a conversation that I can't even live up to. People say, I don't know enough of the Bible. My life isn't perfect. Or they say this, I'm afraid to be rejected. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be rejected. Can I give you two simple thoughts, okay, two, in, in response to some of these excuses? And know this, that the enemy of your soul wants you to live behind those excuses, and that's the way he neutralizes the power of the church. Instead of shining your light and being a verbal witness, we hide behind excuses and we're afraid. Can I tell you this? Pray for opportunities, first of all. Pray for opportunities. And then second of all, look for opportunities. You need to pray for an opportunity. When you wake up in the morning before you go to work, you say, God, somebody on my job is going to need me today. Come on now, are you with me? Somebody that I work with, that I serve with, is going to need me today. So you're praying for opportunities, and then you're looking for opportunities. Now, here's what I've discovered in, when it comes to sharing your faith at your workplace. Most opportunities are small windows, and they're not giant gates. God will just open a window, but if you're praying for and looking for opportunities, you will see the crack in that window, and that will give you the space you need to move forward. Are you with me? We were at men's Bible study about a month ago, and, and one of the guys, he, he told me this testimony. I thought this was powerful. Um, one of the guys was sitting at, at the table, and they were having discussion, and this guy was a well-dressed business guy, had a, a, a Bible in his hand, and uh, he said, guys, can, can I share something with you? And he began to tell a story. He said, you know, I'm a businessman, and I was interviewing a particular guy for a job position that I had open at my work. And as we talked, I realized this guy is super qualified. Man, our business would be incredibly blessed. He has skills that would add tremendous value. So I gave him the opportunity. I offered him the job on the spot. To my surprise, the guy said, you know what? Before I say yes, I need to take a week, and I just need to pray. And it kind of startled him. He didn't anticipate, why? Why you got to pray? I mean, this is a perfect match. I mean, you got the skill. This is a perfect opportunity. Why do you even have to pray? He went home. He prayed for a week, came back, and he accepted the job offer. Well, not long after, the guy who just received the job gave his boss a Bible. It was a beginner's, a new believer's Bible. Just gave him the Bible, and that made an impression on him. First of all, that before he would say yes to a job, he'd pray about it. And second of all, that he gave him a Bible. And he said for years the guy never read it. Not long after, 
Not long after, the man who received the job, he passed away. Well, that sparked something in this employer. And you know what he did? He started reading that Bible. He said, I read it from cover to cover. And after reading it, I gave my life to Jesus. Because of the testimony of this man's faith, first of all, he's got to pray before he moves forward on important decisions. And second of all, that he would give him a Bible, a Bible that he didn't really feel like he had use for, wasn't really relevant in part of his life. He started reading it, and out of that got revelation that he needed to give his life to Christ. And so at that men's Bible study, he had the, the, the men's Bible, and he says, and look what the bookmark is. It was the obituary of the man who had passed away. You see, it's amazing. You and I have no idea the little things that we say and do, the windows of opportunity that God opens before us. Are you with me? You see, we can't lose sight of eternity. Think about it. Heaven is for real, and so is hell. And if you'll get a revelation, forever is a long time to be wrong. Can I have a good amen? If you get a revelation of eternity, I mean, here today, gone tomorrow, this world, what we see, life is but a vapor. I don't know how many days, I don't know how many moments that I have left, but I want to make every moment count. You say, but pastor, my faith is personal. My faith is personal. Can can I speak to that just for a moment? Your faith may be personal, but it's never private. When Jesus called people to follow him, he always did it publicly. Notice he never said, bow your heads, close your eyes. He never had mood music placed behind him or the lights growing dim. Come on, talk to me. Are you with me? Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him do what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they had to drop their nets, and publicly in front of a watching world, they left everything to follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Are you with me? Ah, this is so important. Now, let me be quick to say this. There are certain things that you need to avoid, all right? There are certain evangelistic tactics that you need to avoid. Now, don't make this about you. But listen, let's make sure that our hearts and minds are in the right place. Avoid being pushy Pete. Always pressuring people. Come on. Always applying the pressure. You're going to arm wrestle somebody into heaven. Body slam them with doctrine. Come on, somebody. You're, you're trying to answer questions that nobody's even asking, and pushy Pete will end up pushing people away. Be careful. Watch out for Pushy Pete. You know who else you need to watch out for? Judgy Jackie. She's just judging all over the place. Right? You with me? She, she can't see the, the plank in her own eye because she's too busy dealing with the speck in everybody else's eye. Well, your life is falling apart because you're making bad decisions. And let me tell you, if you just wouldn't have those tattoos. Right? Come on now. Isn't it amazing how we judge a book by its cover? The Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, but what does God see? Oh, come on. Pushy Pete, judgy Jackie. What about this, know-it-all Nate? Don't be a know-it-all. Do you remember in grade school, you were in class, you were in reading class, and you sat next to the person who had all the answers? And every time the teacher would ask a question before she could even get it out of her mouth, they were already answering it. You know, remember how that made you feel? 
Man, if you have all the answers, nobody's going to want to be around that. Watch out for Pushy Pete, Judgy Jackie, Know-It-All Nate. What about Hellfire Harry? (laughs) Hellfire Harry, he enjoys talking about hell. Loves it. I mean, it's hellfire and damnation. He enjoys telling everybody they're going to hell. Now listen, I'm not saying don't speak of hell. Jesus himself spoke a lot about hell. But when you talk about hell, it's always with a tear in your eye. It's always, hey, you don't have to go there. Watch out for hellfire, Harry. Or what about this argumentative Ashley? Just loves to debate. How many of you work with argumentative Ashley? Yeah, yeah, just always, always debating. Can I tell you something about arguments? Arguments never change people. Debate creates heat and not light. If you want people to see Jesus, make sure you're not blocking their view with your opinion. Oh, okay, all right, moving right along. Watch out for super spiritual Sam. Super spiritual Sam is the the guy that has all the Christian phrases. Hallelujah, brother. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And people that don't even go to church are thinking about a a lamb is bleeding. Don't get that blood on you. It'll stain your shirt. Are you saved, sanctified, justified, glorified, filled with the Holy Spirit? Okay, some people are so spiritually minded, they're no earthly good. Be careful. Don't fall into the trap. Are you with me now? I'm trying to help people on their jobs. Jesus, here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus was so attractive. There was, here he is. He is holiness wrapped up in flesh, and yet the worst of sinners wanted to be with him. Man, notorious sinners, publicans, tax collectors, uh, uh, immoral women, prostitutes at his feet, and yet here he is, the holiest of holies. L- let me say something I think is extremely important, probably the most important thing you'll hear this morning. People may hate you because of Jesus, but don't ever make people hate Jesus because of you. Can I, are you with me? Not everybody is going to love and celebrate us. I get that. I'm okay with that. I understand that. If people hate me, let it be because of my allegiance to Jesus. But if people despise Jesus, I pray that it's not because of me. Come on, how many at your workplace, somebody maybe moved from like Pittsburgh and they love the Steelers and they're all about the Steelers and they're loud and obnoxious and they're just all up in your face about the Steelers and anytime the Saints, and the, it's always war, Steelers, Saints. And so you don't even know the Steelers. You can't name one player on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But because that person is so obnoxious, you hate the Steelers. Are you with me? Listen, we're on God's team. They call us Christians. I pray the way that we live our lives makes Jesus attractive. I pray people don't say, man, I never want to be a a Christian because I can't stand the followers of Christ. We got to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Mm, Okay, number two, number two, check this out. Number one, focus on your mission. Don't get hung up on yourself. Number two, you have to earn the right to be heard. You have to earn the right to be heard. Before we open our mouths, we have to check the integrity of our lives. Too many people try to speak for God, but they're not obeying God. I think what brings us credibility is bearing fruit. 
Walking in such a way where there's honesty, where there's humility, and where there's compassion. Are you with me? You see, people don't care how much you know until they first know how much you care. Compassion is a big deal. That's why at Healing Place, we serve like crazy. Why is serving such a big deal in this house? I want you to see this. Because when you serve, serving somebody else shows compassion. Everybody say compassion. And when somebody knows you care, it builds trust. Somebody say trust. So when when they know you care, there's compassion. It builds trust. And when somebody trusts you, then they will open the door of their heart to you. Are you with me? You don't have to beat down the door. The door is already open. Why? Because it started with the integrity of your life. You're bearing fruit. You're you're humble. You care. You're serving. Serving shows compassion. Compassion builds trust, and trust will unlock the door. I talked to one of the men in our church this week, and uh, in fact, I'll I'll say his name because I see Stephanie here. Stephanie, I was talking to Danny, Papa Moose our youth pastor's dad. And Papa Moose told me, he said, you know, I work at a plant, doing shift work. And he said there was a guy on the job, and he was just bitter. How many know life is hard? Sometimes people that have been hurt, they get closed up and calloused. And so this guy was bitter. And so he came to Papa Moose years ago and said, okay, you got one shot. I'll give you 30 seconds. Tell me everything you can about Jesus, and then I never want to hear you talk about him again. Well, Papa Moose, he was brand new saved, you know, so he said, I, I, I didn't. I just lived my life in front of him. I didn't say a word about Jesus. I just lived it in front of him. He said three years later, this guy got called to a supervisor position and called Danny into his office and said, hey, listen, I've noticed something about you. You've stopped cussing. Why? Why don't you talk about the way that you used to? You, you, there's some discipline in your life. I want you to know I respect that discipline. You know what Danny said? He said that discipline came from Jesus. The reason why I'm different is because I'm different on the inside. He said, tell me about that. Do you know for 45 minutes they talked about Christ? Three years prior to that, the guy only gave him 30 seconds. Then they sat down and talked for 45 minutes. Do you see how integrity and compassion opens the window? Come on, are you with me today? It opens the door for an opportunity for us to help move people forward in their journey. Danny told me this. He said, and sometimes he'll come home and say, Stephanie, you know what? I had another Nick at night moment. Nick at night. What do you mean? Remember when Nicodemus came to Jesus during the night because he didn't want anybody to know? He said, sometimes I have guys walk into my control room when nobody else is there and say, hey, Papa, talk to me about this. I've got this going, will you pray for me? He says, I keep a running list of names. These are big, tough, burly men. They they don't want to do it in front of everybody else, but they'll come to me in a private moment. Let me tell you this. I I love this. I, I wrote this down. I think this is important to remember. Nobody can keep you from shining your light. You say, Mike, I don't know if I can mix religion and work, and, man, I may offend people, and labor laws, and separation of church and state. Nobody can keep you from shining your light. And then here's the other thing. When life falls apart in the people around you, they will come to those they trust. 
And so when there, something happens with a, a marriage or with a child or sickness in their body or financial struggle or, you know, whatever it is, when moments like that happen, they will go to men and women they trust and respect. Let me challenge us. Can we be those people they come to? See, focus on your mission. Don't get hung up on yourself. Number two, earn the right to be heard. I, I love the scripture in 1 Peter 3. The Bible says this in verse 15. If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready. Watch this. Always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. How do we express our faith in a gentle and respectful way? Always be ready because there are opportunities. Some of you are going to get an opportunity this week. And this message is going to come up in your spirit. What you're hearing today is equipping you for something you're going to need tomorrow. Be ready. Focus on your mission. Don't get hung up on yourself. Earn the right to be heard. And then finally, number three, and I want to ask the band to come up. Never underestimate the power of an invite. Never underestimate the power of an invite. A simple invitation. And I think this is going to help a lot of us because there could be tremendous pressure we put on ourselves to have the right knowledge, to have the right words, to have our life together. And the truth is we, we won't always have it all right. But this is going to help us in our pursuit to win the lost and take the pressure off the power of an invite. When John the Baptist saw Jesus in John chapter 1, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John had some of his disciples with him. One of them was Andrew. Andrew heard what John said. And because of Andrew's relationship with John, he went after Jesus. And no, he was no longer John's disciple. He became Jesus' disciple. Then Andrew went to his brother and he told his brother, hey, Pete, you got to come see a man. Just come see. Come see. The one that's been prophesied, we have found. Now, did Andrew have all the answers? Had Andrew ever been to Bible college? You know, what was the condition of Andrew's life? It was probably very similar to yours and mine. But all he did was invite his brother, come see a man. Just come see a man. All he did was make an invitation. You know what? You don't have to be the Billy Graham of every moment. I mean, and thank God for an evangelistic anointing. And I'm not trying to downplay crusades or church services or, or men and women who proclaim the gospel. But you don't have to be the Billy Graham of every moment. You can just say, hey, come see a man. Come, and I'm not talking about this man. I'm talking about that man. You know, I'm talking about helping people find their way by simply inviting them to be in an environment where they can experience God. Okay, I want you to see this number line, okay? I want you to check, check this number line on the screen. I want to talk you through this. If you see the, the, the zero right in the middle, we'll call that the line of salvation, okay? Now, there are numbers to the left, and those are negative numbers. Numbers to the right are positive simple mathematics. If, if zero is the line of salvation, maybe some of you work with people, go to school with people. You're in close proximity with people who are to the left of that number line. Everything to the left of that are those who are not yet saved. 
There are two kinds of people, those who know Jesus and those who don't yet know Jesus. Are you with me? You, you saw how I framed that? Everybody to the left are those who don't know Jesus. Now, some of you feel like you're in a place, you're in a work environment, there's a negative 20. Oh, man, dirty jokes, it's filthy, it's nasty, it's perverted. I'm, I'm, I'm being attacked because of my faith. And you're in a, maybe there are negative 20. Maybe some of you, you're working with people that are negative 10 or negative 5. Here's the goal. God wants people to move from the left to the right. And it doesn't have to happen in one conversation. All, it could just be listening to somebody and showing compassion. Having lunch with somebody, there's a conversation there. You don't have to seal the deal, but just love them from left to right. I believe you can love people into the kingdom. Maybe, maybe somebody's a negative five, and they have a conversation with you, and they're, they're a negative one. They hadn't gotten saved yet, but God is at work in them. Come on, are you with me? And there's coming a day when they cross the line of faith. And maybe, maybe that's something you're a part of, or maybe it's something that you've simply invited them to. Maybe it's taking this Easter card right here. Again, you don't have to have perfect knowledge or a perfect life. But you say, hey, what you got going on Easter weekend? How about you come be a part of one of the services at my church? That's all you have to do. You see, I don't know the lost people in your circle of influence, but you do. You don't have to create those experiences with God. That's what we do through worship, through video, through testimony, through the preaching of God's Word. Let that fall on us, but let this be a partnership where you make an invitation and we do our preparation and then let God do a little manifestation. Can I have a good amen? You see that? Now now listen, this is a a judge-free zone. We're, we're, We're not judgmental Jackie here. You may be at a negative two, and today God's saying, take a step, cross the line of faith. Maybe you're at a five. Can I tell you this? Don't get proud for being a five. You still have room to grow. The humble people realize, okay, maybe I'm at a 15. Guess what? God wants me to be at a 20. Maybe I got a 20 when it comes to my understanding. God says, how about 40? There's no limit to the depth you can go in Jesus. All of us are somewhere on that number line. Come on now. And maybe you're here today and you find yourself to the left of that zero and God's saying, you know what, I love you. You can take a step today. Maybe today is the first time you feel equipped on your job, at your workplace, to take what you've heard and put it into practice. What would happen if we, as a church, became so focused on our mission and so graced by God that revival began to take place, not even in church, but at our work. What, what if you could be the catalyst? You could be the very individual God wants to use to change the spiritual climate of your workplace. Do you receive that? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that today. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.